but you need to listen to the new governor because he's trying to deliver you from pain. He's trying to deliver you from the grips of the enemy and darkness. He wants to lead you into the kingdom. So uh, last week, Monday, I believe it was, I was praying, spending time with the Lord. And the Lord gave me this scripture, 2 Chronicles 6.15. You might want to write it down because it's an important scripture for you. Not only is this for me, but it's for us. Anytime the Lord gives me something, it's not just for myself, it's for you. Look at the person next to you say, it's for you. If you're part of this um, house, if you're part of this tribe, if you're part of this group of people, the Lord has sent you here. The stuff that the Lord gives me is for me to give to you. Can you say amen? If you don't believe I hear from the Lord and you don't trust what I'm saying, then this word will not work for you. But if you will grab what I'm telling you, this word is going to work for you. But you're going to grab it. You're going to take it and you're going to make it yours. Are you ready? This is Solomon, and he wrote this. He said to God, you have kept your promise to your servant David, my father. You made that promise with your own mouth and with your own hands. You have fulfilled it today. And so the Lord said to me that next year will be a year of the fulfilling of vows. It'll be a year where the promises that the Lord has made with His mouth, He will fulfill them with His hand. Two people are excited. This either means you don't have any promises that you're standing on. Because I got some. I got some stuff that I'm standing on, that I've been waiting for since 2005, 2006, 2007. Stuff that has come out of the mouth of the Lord. I didn't twist his arm. I didn't say, God, I gotcha. I wrestled you to the ground. Now you got to promise me something. No, spending time with the Lord, the Lord said certain things to me. And I have them recorded. I have them written down. They are promises. They came out of the mouth of the Lord to me. When I read my Bible in the book of Luke chapter 4 verse 4. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So what are you standing on? I'm asking you this question now because I want you to get in your diaries and I want you to get in your journals and I want you to put yourself in remembrance of what the Lord has said to you. And if you're sitting here today and you're saying, well, I don't know if I've heard from the Lord, you're fine. Then go lock yourself away and say, Lord, I am ready to listen and hear what you have to say to me. What do you have for me, Lord? And the Lord will speak to you. If I speak to my wife, who's going to speak back to me? My wife. So hopefully, right? So when you speak to the Lord, who's going to speak back to you? 
And this is what I wrote. This is what dropped into my spirit when that scripture came to me. The Lord said, it is my turn to act. You've obeyed and done as I've asked you to do. You've been obedient to the leading of my spirit. So now you will enter into a year of suddenlies. And suddenly you will see things that I have promised with my own mouth birth and break forth in your life. I will surely keep my word, says the Lord. He's not a liar. Amen. And so we're going to see the Lord do some stuff in this next year. I will tell you this too. Next year is going to be a very interesting year. Because there's work that you're going to have to do. Look at the person next to you say, we're going to work it. We're going to be disciplined. And that's the word I'm going to leave you. You go study the word discipline. We have to discipline ourselves to apply wisdom. If you don't understand how to apply the Word of God to your life, it will not benefit you. And doing it one time isn't going to fix it, but having a disciplined lifestyle where you take the truth and apply it to your life consistently, you will see progress and you will see breakthrough. Can you say amen? And so next year is going to be a year of discipline. I'm hating this personally, but I know the benefits. Can you say amen? Eating, if you want to lose weight, going on a diet for three days doesn't fix the problem. You have to change the lifestyle. You have, be, you have to be disciplined to do it on the reg. It needs to become the norm. It has to become a new way of living. Look at the person next to you say, a new way of living. But if we're going to have a new way of living, we've got to get our minds renewed to some brand new things. If you don't understand why you should do it, and you don't know the benefit of doing it, and you don't have somebody... You, kicking you in the booty to make you do it. It's hard to break out of what's comfortable. Right? So next year, I'm telling you right now, it's already stirring in me. I am going to hammer this like Thor. I'm going to drop the hammer. Put the hammer down. Somebody do me a favor. Go into the storage over there and get me the Thor hammer. So we were cleaning out the storage. Look at the person next to you and say, we're cleaning out the clutter. You've got too much junk in your house. Not in your, only in your physical house, but in your spiritual house. So this is the hammer. I found it as a prop in storage, cleaning it out. I love it. So we're going to put the hammer down. There is stuff that you have stored away that you're never going to use again, that is collecting dust, that is just in your way. 
that you need to clean out already. You should be parking your car in the garage. Your $70,000 vehicle should be in the garage. And that $10 trash should be in the trash. There is stuff that you have got that you do not use. Stuff that you will never fit into again. There is stuff that you could give to somebody who needs it, but you're saving it for some unknown reason. We've got to clean out the clutter, people. And listen, if you're not cleaning it out in the natural, it means because you got it all junked up in here. Your natural environment is a reflection of your internal environment. Ooh, Shaka Zulu. Shaka Zulu. It's one of my words that you just got to kill, right? Your, your external environment is a reflection of your internal environment. So if we change how we think on the inside, things will automatically begin to change on the outside. I have a whole different message, but all of a sudden I feel like I should go a new direction. We'll talk about it in the new year. How about that? We're going to talk about how to actually change the mind. The process of changing the mind. That'll be the first message of the new year. How do you change your thinking? Like seriously have your mind transformed. What is the way to do it? Hmm. That sounds like fun. All right, Father, thank you today for your kingdom. I thank you that you, your kingdom, God, it comes. That your will is done on earth as it is in heaven. And Father, I thank you that we are getting an understanding uh, what it is to live in the kingdom of God. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are changing our thinking. That we don't have a religion, but we are citizens of a kingdom. And Father, I thank you for the Holy Ghost who is here on earth. Holy Spirit, you are God. And I ask that you would teach us how to yield to you, how to be led by you, and how to flow with you. In the mighty name of Jesus, you say, Amen. Amen. So we started um, talking about the kingdom of God a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I began to talk about how the Lord began to train me for ministry. I was talking about surrender for several months before that. And once you surrender your life, gee, we keep coming back to this. Go to Romans chapter 12. There's just some things you can't escape from. What, I'm, what are you doing right now? I'm just going with what's in my heart and not what's in my head. 
Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, say, that's me. I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind you will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Do not copy. Look at the person next to you say, do not copy. The behavior and the customs of the world. Look at somebody say, do not copy. The behavior and the customs of the world. Say, do not be a part of the world's culture. But let God transform you into a new person. Anybody want to be brand new? How? By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So the key to discovering the will of God for your life, the key to discovering the secret book in the heart of the ancient king for your life, the stuff that God thought about for the foundation of the world before you were even in your mother's womb being formed and knitted together, before all of that, God knew you as a spirit. He had a plan for you. He had marked out every one of your days, and He has a good stuff for you. Can you say amen? But you're not going to tap into that unless you change your lifestyle. Preaching good. Say lifestyle. You have to change your lifestyle. In order to change your lifestyle, you have to transform your thinking. Because if you don't change the inside, we're not going to see the change on the outside. It's a program. You have been programmed from when you were born. And there's a program that has been put into you based on how you were raised, your culture, your family, the community that you lived in, the TV shows you watched, the influence of your friends. What your society was doing, the things that you believed, your belief system, all these things, your food, what you eat. We're going to get to food in a minute. The music you listen to. Just your lifestyle. There is an American lifestyle. Anybody Know that Americans have their own way of living. You go to Africa, there's a whole nother way of living in Africa. You go to London, you go to the UK, they got a whole different way of living in the UK. Can you say amen? And so depending on how we were raised determines how we think. And they say children between the ages of being born to like seven years old is the time where they get set in the way they think. That's why in royal families, the children at birth are taken away and given to tutors to train them how to be royalty. To think like a king. To think like royalty. And so if we're children of the Most High God, he says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways, my life, the way I do things is different than the way you do things down there. And you need to change, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is here. You need to begin to understand how things work in my kingdom as a kingdom citizen. You have been born into the kingdom of God. 
And now we need to renew your thinking to who you are now, not who you used to be. That's who you used to be. But now you're in a royal family and there's a whole new way of living. Yes, baby, you are royal. Woo! My woman knows who she is. Say, I'm royalty. Say, I'm part of the royal family. Yes, you do, baby. So every nation has a culture. Anybody agree? And uh, that's the way of life, which includes our manners. Oh, Lord. The manners. When I came to America, in, because I grew up in, in South Africa under British rule. I had long socks, short pants. That's what I had to wear to school. No sandals. We had these, we call them smart shoes. You call them dress shoes with laces. They had to be polished. Your socks had to be all the way up. Your shorts, they couldn't be short shoes. They had to be a certain length. Four fingers above the knee. You had to wear a collar shirt, had to be tucked in, wear a belt, and a tie. I mean, I'm in elementary school. I'm in primary school wearing a tie. And I had a hat. There was a certain hat you, had, you could wear. Your hair could not touch your eyebrows, could not touch your ears, and it could not touch your collar. If your hair touched any of those regions, you went to the principal's office, you picked a stick off the wall, and you got your butt whooped. And then when you get home, you're in trouble again. Why? Because you need to learn to respect your authority and watch your mouth. See, it's not the American way. Used to be. Not today. We'll talk about it. Let's talk about culture. So manners. You did not fart at the table. You did not burp at the table without covering your mouth. You did not speak about obscene stories, blood, guts, and stuff at the table. Sexual talk was not dinner table discussion. It was very private stuff that just never got spoken about. I was definitely not raised American. In South Africa, the, the portions of your food are small. You were, your food consumption was controlled. There was exact amounts cooked for the family. There was no leftovers. This is how I was raised. In, because the British ruled South Africa, these were things that were implemented into our culture by the governor who had come from England. There was a governor's house where he lived. And the school system and the education system was taken over and there were new things taught in our schools. You had to learn the language of the country which conquered your nation. And if you spoke in your native tongue, you were punished. Why? 
Because when a king invades a territory, he takes over the territory and he changes that territory into the home country so that when the king comes to visit, he feels at home. That means you drive on the left side of the road, not the right side of the road. Your roads are skinny. Why? Because we drive Mini Cooper. Not big, bad truck. I like all tiny things. Because we have small refrigerators. And because you're not overindulging. So this is how I'm raised. Come to American culture. So in South Africa, there's no refills on your soda. You, you get one drink, you, you tell them put ice on the side. Because this is all that, you put the ice on the side and I will put ice in my drink. When you've got this much soda left in the, bo- in the bottom of your cup, they do not come to take that away because you're going to suck every little bit out of that cup. When I came to America for the first time, we went to like a Ruby Tuesdays or something. This was 20 years ago when it was still good. And I remember sitting at that table, and the waitress came to take my cup from me. And I was like, no, I'm not done with that. And everybody at the table laughing at me, because they know. They know. And they said, don't worry, everything's free refills here. I said, what? Free refills? I drank about seven sodas that lunch, just because I had the freedom to do it. I'm like, freedom, free soda. No more rations. The words changed. In South Africa, the traffic light is a robot. The boot is the trunk. It's just different words. There's the closet and the cupboard. There's a sweater and there's a jersey. There's a what? Lift? Oh, yeah. The elevator is a lift. The shopping cart is a trolley. A serviette is a napkin. And a biscuit is sweet. It's not one of your Cracker Barrel biscuits. A biscuit is what you dip in your tea and crunch on. There's tea time. There's a tea time. When the king has tea, the queen has tea, the whole country has tea. And so, you know, this is the culture that you grow up in. And the culture is so strong. It took me like... 15 years to begin to have my accent change. I go back to South Africa now, and I talk thinking I'm talking normal. It's like, what happened to your voice? What happened to your language? I'm like, what do you mean what happened? You don't sound the same anymore. And what's funny is when I go back home and I talk to my friends for a little bit, all of a sudden I start picking up on an old way of talking. How's it, my bro? 
You, your, whole, your whole language, hey, my China, what's up? My China is my friend. My Canoni, my buddy. Everything's hundreds. That means everything's sharp. Everything's okay. So there's, in your culture, there's language. You communicate with one another and you understand each other. Missy and I had a struggle. I would say something and she'd look at me like, what are you talking about? Because I'm using the wrong word. And communication is the foundation for unity in a culture. Is this true? Because if you and I don't understand each other, we ain't talking. That's why I don't talk to doctors often. Because the hemoglobin with the glutamine, labombandaya, shamandaya. It's a whole nother language. I, I don't get it. Talk to, you read a contract. Read a contract written by lawyers. You're looking up every second word, trying to figure out what this is saying. Why? Because you have these different subcultures that... Part of the problem is the church has this weird subculture. Hallelujah. I'm righteous. Salvation. Glorification. Resurrection. Sanctification. Redemption. There's a lot of shins in, in the religion. And so you can talk to me in your Christianese, and I don't know what you're talking about. You talk to me in lawyerese, I don't know what you're talking about. You talk to me in doctorese, I don't know. Why? Because it's foreign to me. It doesn't make sense to me. It's not how I was raised, it's not what I understand. You have to simplify it, and you have to explain it to me for me to get it. So manners, I just I stopped at manners. Wow, all that for manners. But there's dress. There's language. There's your belief system. Let's talk about foods. Who? Where are you from, G? Where's your family from? Haiti. What kind of food do they eat in Haiti? Good food? Real food. So what would be a, a Haitian meal that would be epic? Rice and beans and chicken. That's the basic. That's ultimate, right? So do they have like cheese and wine over there? The fancy, fancy. What language do they speak? French. So who invaded... Of that island, which country, which kingdom? Yes. High five, put your hand up, I'm going to slap it. Boom. It is. The French, the French invaded, what is that, what is that island called? Anybody help me? All the, all the smart people. Mm, it is Hispaniola. Is that what it's called? Hispaniola. So his, put that picture up. Lex, have you got that picture? So the Dominican Republic is on the one side of the island, and Haiti is on the other side of the island. Is that right? Do you know that two different kingdoms invaded the same island? On the one side, they speak French. 
On the other side, they speak Spanish. Two total different cultures. Why? Because two different kingdoms took territory. So you could have been brothers and sisters on that island, got invaded. If you were separated, your languages would have been separated. Your lifestyles would have been shifted and changed. Why? Because the kingdom influence on your life transformed your lifestyle. Can you say amen? So over there, they, you can, thanks, Lex. So over there, they, they, they love that kind of food. Any, any Southerners in the building? Who's Southern? Oh, all the Georgia people, all the Southern people over here. What kind of food are we into in the South, people? Collard greens. What else we got? Fried chicken and grits. Fish and grits. They put a yolky egg on the grits. Strange but real. Some people are shaking their heads and be like, uh-uh, no, no, no. Not for me. Listen, the Southerners have their own lingo. My father-in-law is like Southern. And he went with us to Africa, and I told him, James, don't say a word. I said, do not speak. I will be your interpreter. But no, he would look at chefs, he would look at people, and he'd be talking to them, and they would just look at him like, huh? Have no clue what he is saying, and then I would have to interpret. Anybody had any of those situations go down? It's like, yang, y'all, you lay, you lay. Like, what did he say? When we went to Trinidad, we, when we went over to Trinidad, they speak 100 miles an hour in Trinidad. We're like, what are they saying? What language are they saying? You have to, you need a week to acclimate. Like you would get one or two words here and there, and you'd be like, ah, I can put a picture together and make it make sense. Right? So that's your culture. It's your lifestyle. It includes your food. But do you know that there were three major, you know, three major kingdoms? The British, the Great Britain. You had the Portuguese and you had the Spanish going to take territory for their kings. They wanted to get gold. They wanted to become wealthy. They wanted the glory of the kingdoms. We, we took territory. Ah, you know? And so they would send people out to go take territory. And what would they do? Once they would take a territory, they would send a group from the home country. And they would come and settle in that area. And they would begin to transform the nation. The language would change. The education system would change. The culture would begin to change. The music would change. God save the queen. The music would change. The dress would change. Your whole lifestyle would begin to change. Why? Because you were the, under the influence of a new kingdom. Can you say amen? So we can see it practically happening in our society. You can see the influence of Britain on South Africa. You, we even had British colonies right here in America until they declared independence. And when they declared independence, 
They began to drive on the other side of the road. The Americans were like, we're done with the Brits. We're changing our culture. We're going to drive on the other side of the road. And then I think one of the dumbest things the Americans did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just being real. This is not you. This is people before you. This was like 1776 or something. Let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you what happened. They changed from the metric system to the imperial system. They went from kilograms to pounds. They went from kilometers to miles. They went from meters to feet. Listen, even drug dealers know that the metric system is better than the imperial system. I had to learn. I, I had to learn inches. And what? there's 16 in a thing. There's not 100. There's 16. Yeah. 16 ounces in a pound. Give me hundreds. Dollars and cents are. You don't go to 60 cents and then you have a dollar. Just saying. Some crazy stuff happening. We're getting rid of all Brits yet. We hate the Brits. We're independent. We're going to drive on the other side of the road, and we're going to change the metric system to imperial. We're just going to confuse everybody in the world. Say culture. I'm just having fun. Don't get offended. Can you say amen? Say America's great. Who's an American? Raise your hand in the air. Wave it like you just don't care. What about the rest of you? Are you illegal or what? I'm just wondering. Some people didn't put their hands up. I'm like, do we need to have like classes and help people through immigration? I mean, what's going on? Uh, let's read from the Bible. Psalm 47, 7 through 8. Psalm 47, 7 through 8. For God is the king of all the earth. Say king. He's not the priest. He's the king. Say kingdom. Sing praises with skillful psalm. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. Say, my God is a king. And he has a throne. Psalm 103.19. Psalm 103.19. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens. And his sovereignty rules all over. Say, my God is sovereign. So I want you to know that the God we serve, he's a king. And our God wanted to extend his kingdom into earth. He wanted to be the king of the unseen realm and the king of the seen realm. So what did he do? He created offspring. He created a family. And he put them here on the earth. And he made them in his image, say spirit. 
and he breathed. Into, well, he f- made the earth. He formed man out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed spirit into the man's nostril, and he became a living being. Say, that's me. Say, God gave me a physical body, but he gave me a spirit made in his image. So you have access to the kingdom of heaven. You are a citizen from another planet, from another world. And you were born with rulership in your DNA. Say, I'm a ruler. He, said, he blessed them with dominion over the earth. The earth is not supposed to have authority over you. How are you doing today, my brother? Well, I'm under the circumstances. No, you're not supposed to be under nothing because you are in Christ Jesus, seated at the right hand of the Father with all authority and power above all principality and everything else underneath your feet. Can you say amen? So when you're born into a kingdom, you have to change the way you think. You have to be trained as a child so that you can understand who you are. You're no longer an orphan. You're no longer living in a world with circumstances ruling over you, including death and the grave. No, you've been born again into a royal family. God is your father. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You have a brand new name that nobody knows about. God has got plans and purposes for your life that he's going to do through you. He's going to show you who he is, whose family you're part of, and your royalty in the earth, and you're going to do great things for God. But if you don't change the way you think, even though you got set free from the kingdom of darkness, your mind is still dark. So we need to let the light of the kingdom into the heart to change the way you think. We have to transform your lifestyle. Look at somebody and say, you got to change the way you live. Say, there's a new governor in town. There's a new governor in town. Go to Colossians 1, 13 to 14. Colossians chapter 1. This is what it says. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, say the kingdom of light, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Look at somebody and say, when you accepted Jesus, when you believed in Jesus, you were born again. When you got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, you were born of the Spirit. Say, I was born of the Spirit. And I was transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. I want you to know that the kingdom of darkness has a culture. You can tell people living in the kingdom of darkness. Do you know the first act that happened in the kingdom of darkness was disobedience to God? That's what unlocked that kingdom. Do you know what the second thing was? They were kicked out because they rebelled against God. They were kicked out of the presence of God, which had everything that they needed. The source, they were separated from the source. Man and woman had to now clothe themselves, and there was pain in childbearing. Men have to now work the ground, the sweat of the brow. Life became hard. 
because of man's rebellion. Do you know that because of that disobedience, Adam and Eve's first two children had a problem. Cain killed his brother, Abel. There's murder in the first family. So when they were living in the garden with God, under eating from the tree of life, everything was great. They had a whole different culture. God would come and talk to them in the cool of the day. Everything was provided for. They, they could cultivate the land. They walked in peace. Man and woman were in unity. They had children without pain. There was no sickness in the garden. Gold was found in the region, so there was no shortage of wealth. And man rebels against the king. He declares independence from his government and now has a new ruler, the prince of darkness. He's not a king, by the way. He's a thief, and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so in his kingdom or territory, whatever, under his rule, you're dealing with the father of lies. He's a liar. He's a murderer from the beginning. There is no truth in him. Comes to steal, kill, and destroy. His name is Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies. He's the Lord of the demonic realm. His name is Satan. He comes to blind the minds so that we cannot see the glorious light of the gospel and what's available to us as God's offspring. He comes to deceive the nations. He comes to deceive people. That's his strategy. And he has a lifestyle that he wants you to live. And if you live according to his lifestyle with the spirit of the world in you, the things that he has you doing will bring destruction to your life, to your family. You say, oh, really? Oh, yes. What, are some, what is some of the stuff? The first thing is money becomes your God because it becomes all about stuff. Your belief system, your foundation is about running after the things of the world. I'm preaching good right now because you know I'm talking the truth. Because that is what he wants you running after. The things God created, not the creator. He wants you to worship things. Spend your life running after things. And stealing your life from you. So money is the God, because Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 6. He said, you've got to choose between serving God and serving money. That's the only thing God compares himself with. Not that he's in any way a comparison, but he says, in your, in your world, you've got to choose between running off the stuff and money or me. You can't have both. So that's the thing. The world will unify. doesn't matter what color you are. doesn't matter what nation you're from, what language you speak. If you talk money, people will get together in unity. Money is the unifier in the world system. Am I telling the truth? If I can make you a deal, if you can help me, no matter what color skin you are, I could be racist at heart, but if you can make me a couple of million dollars, we're friends, baby. Death is part of this culture. Murder, lying, cheating, 
cheating all the way around. Cheating on your husband, cheating on your spouse. Cheating on the system. People want to rule each other instead of having rulership together. Bring slavery in. Separation, divisions. There's manipulation. There's control. It causes poverty. Poverty is part of darkness. Why? Because the rich get richer and they just keep all the resources for themselves. We could solve world hunger. There's enough resources on the planet for every nation to be blessed. But you've got a certain group of people that have a love for money, and they're not sharing that with nobody. Why? Because they want power and they want to control everything. Why? Because their hearts are all about, they're self-centered. They worship Satan, and money is their, their God. And listen, this is the world that we were born into. And so you raise up the music you listen to. Have you listened to Pitbull? No, Nicki Minono. All, listen, these two guys that have got palm tree f- trees for hair that are high, that are on YouTube, tattooed all up. I don't know. Millions of dollars, and they're like, I'm an island boy. And the world is going nuts. Who knows what I'm talking about? Raise your hand in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. TikTok is disgusting, it's all perverted. Every second word is is a bad word. Yeah, I'm not even going to repeat it. I'm not even going to give the devil the privilege. To defile you at your core. Sex, drugs, money, fame. Got the whole world in this music, in this... Got them all mesmerized. And then when God sets you free from that system, you're told you're part of a cult. Yeah, you get set free from the world's influence. And now all of a sudden, oh, you're one of them people. Your family don't recognize you no more. Because there's a different spirit on the inside of you. Because there's a new governor in town. You see, it's not the prince of darkness. It's not the spirit of the world, the sons of disobedience anymore. The Holy Ghost comes now and takes residence on the inside of you. And the Holy Spirit begins to lead you and guide you and convict you of your sin. The governor comes and he begins to change you on the inside. He begins to let you know what is righteous, what is in line with God. Nobody has to tell you. The Holy Ghost on the inside of you is already nudging you and telling you, you need to let that go. You need to stop playing around that stuff. You no longer need to go there anymore. But you need to listen to the new governor because he's trying to deliver you from pain. He's trying to deliver you from the grips of the enemy and darkness. He wants to lead you into the kingdom where God wants to bless you with some brand new things.
But your lifestyle has to change. Can you say amen? Disease, anger, sickness, jealousy, fornication, adultery, incest, rape, child abuse. It's all part of the culture of the kingdom of darkness. And you want to separate from that. You see, it's not about rules. This is what people don't understand. They go to, they go to religious organizations. They don't understand they're citizens of a kingdom. They don't understand there's a new way of living so that you can have life and have it more abundantly. And you have to become into alignment with the laws of God because every kingdom has a king. A king has territory. The territory of the king belongs to him. He has citizens in that kingdom, but he has new rules and laws for you to live by. If you want to live in his kingdom and have the blessings of the kingdom, then you've got to change the way you live. You have to change your lifestyle. This is not about me putting rules on you or taking your fun away. You don't really understand then. If it's, you're still connected to the world system if you're thinking that way. But what you're doing is you're surrendering to a king who's delivered you from a system that rules with death. And God wants to change the way you think. God wants to transform your thinking. Why? So you can break free from those ways so that you can experience all the blessing that he has for you. God wants you to be obedient to Him. That's honor. That's love. He says, if you obey my commandments, you show that you love me. See, a love relationship. <laughs> You're not a spoiled brat saying, God, give me what I want. If you don't, I won't love you. Can you say amen? So here's the key. Look at the person next to you say, here's the key. Been talking a long time. I want to read a quick story, and maybe I'll continue with this next week. You get something out of it? Do you you're starting to understand why we don't live in sin anymore? Because it's not our lifestyle. It's not part of our kingdom culture. Listen, that's why we have our own music in the kingdom. We talk about the king being victorious and how he saved us and delivered us and set us free. We're not listening to Pitbull. Because why? Music is a big part of your culture. That's why I'd rather have the kids in this place praising God with all their heart, soul, and strength, using their talents, gifts, and abilities in the kingdom than them running to a world system because religion says that's not allowed. Don't get me started. This is a slippery slope. This is where I'll get angry. And I'm not going to reel myself back in. I'm not going to put the hammer down. I'm just going to just yield it to somebody. Let me read this. Okay. Listen to this. I don't know if I have enough time for this. Okay. We're not hungry. Okay. Genesis chapter 11. I'll be brief. I'll stop having fun and I'll just nail it. All right. Genesis chapter 11, at one time, say one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language. Woo-hoo! 
So they all spoke the same language and used the same words. Come on, people. What is the thing that unifies a nation? Language. If we don't speak the same language, if we don't use the same words, then there's division. Is this true? It says, as people migrated to the east, because when they left the Garden of Eden, they went out the east side. So they left Eden still speaking the same language. And they said, uh, come let us build a great city for the glory of God. Yes or no? For ourselves. Look at the person next to you. Say, when any time you're going to build something for yourself, it's going to have destruction. Uh Y'all are getting it. I know. I feel like something atomic being released right now in the air. It says, (laughs) it said, come let Let us build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. Listen. That's, you see, keep us from being scattered all over the world. The very thing that they didn't want to happen because they were building it for selfish purposes. But the Lord came down to look at the city. Do you know, you don't see many times where where God, Father, Son, Holy Ghost came down to check things out. When they breathed into man. And then he came to check out what was happening in the city. He looked at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said. The people are united. They all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. The power of agreement, speaking one language, speaking one tongue, having one mind. And he says, the people are united. They speak the same language. Nothing will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. In that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world. They stopped building the city. That is why the city was called Babel. Because that is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In this way, he scattered them all over the world. So what happened? In the book of Acts, chapter 2. What happened when the governor came in town? They began to speak in a new language. You see, you see in the kingdom, there is an, there's another language. It's an original language. It's a language of the spirit, not a language of man. Go to... 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. It says, If I could speak all the languages of earth 
and of angels. Look at the person next to you say, there are languages on the earth, but then there's heavenly languages. There's languages of the spirit realm. You see, when the Holy Ghost came to earth as the governor, he came to unlock a language in you, a language of the spirit, so that we would be all of one sound. You see, proof that the governor is in you is you have your native language. You see, and the devil has got doctrines, he's got teachings in certain realms of religion to keep you away from your heavenly language. Because if you ever get your language back, you become one with the nation of God, one with the kingdom of God. One with a citizen. You become a citizen of the kingdom, and now you have language. So you can tell who's from a Spanish nation. Do we have any Spanish people in the house? <laughs> Say, Jesus is Lord in Spanish. Go. There's more Spanish people in the building. One more time. One, two, three. Now, if I, wasn't, if I didn't say, say, Jesus is Lord, I wouldn't have any clue what they were talking about, would I? Why? Because it's not my native tongue. We're going to say it in Afrikaans. You ready? One, two, three. Die Jere is God. So you hear Havana and I. Havana and I understand each other completely. Who can it? Alles is lekker, is so bedisier. So we are talking in a language, and we completely understand one another. Why? Because it's our native language. Who's got another language? What do you guys speak? Romanian? Talk to, talk to them and talk to him in Romanian. Je fudge. You, you want to eat fudge? What do we got? Pig Latin. Is that what that's called? Gibberish or whatever it is. Nonsense. The Tower of Babel, where there was confusion and caused scattering all over the world. So when you get saved, the Holy Ghost comes in you. But when, the, when there's, an, there's an unlocking, there's another infilling of the Holy Ghost where a river begins to flow and a sound breaks open on the inside of you. And there's a new heavenly language that you begin to speak. And even though your mind doesn't understand it, it's not a language of the earth, so the mind is carnal, it'll never get it. Your friends will never understand it. But I want you to know that when you speak that language, the Holy Ghost knows exactly what you're praying. God knows what you're talking about. Because you're not talking to man, you are talking to God. Here's the problem. We are told to be ashamed of this language. Any Holy Ghost filled people in the house that speak in tongues? On the count of three. One, two, three. Huh. What is that? That is the language of the Spirit of God. 
So instead of pitbull and cussing and da-da-da-da, we got another language. Yeah, I don't know why pitbull, but he's just in my brain this morning. So here's what I'm telling you guys. Growing in the kingdom, when you're born into the kingdom, when you get saved, you're not speaking for the first, you know, you're not, you don't get it. When you're a child in the natural, you're not talking, you're listening, you're learning. But then there comes a day where you start, tut, tut, mama, mama, da, da. Say mommy first. <laughs> Say dad first. But then before you know it, what is that? It's a full language that develops. And I, I don't use that language when I stump my toe as a replacement for a cuss word. But there's the sound of heaven that unlocks in you. Can you say amen? It's part of your inheritance. And it's a vital part into you being transformed. Listen to me. I'm praying in tongues. We call it tongues because we don't have a name for it. But it's a heavenly language. I've been using this language for 20-something years now, 25 years. And as you begin to yield and pray in this language, you learn to begin to live out of your spirit, the mind of Christ versus your carnal mind. And this is a training where you have to let go of it doesn't make sense. What you're living in is a spirit realm as a spirit being, and there's a new way of operating that is confusing to the mind. That's why it's called living by faith. Because you don't live according to what you see in the natural. You live according to faith. I walk by faith and not by sight. I don't walk with my five senses. I walk according to the Spirit. And the Word of God is the book that tells me about what's happening in the kingdom. And so family, the governor coming and living on the inside of you, the Spirit of love, the Holy Ghost, God's Spirit, when He enters your, your temple, that's when your life begins to really change. If you will learn to yield to Him. How do you break free from drug addictions? How do you break free from all of the stuff that the world has had you bound in? That you've been trained in? That you've been raised in? That you've been programmed to live a certain way? It's hard to break free from a culture that you were raised in. Just like it was hard for me to come to America and see a new culture and adapt to that culture. The struggle, you have to be in it and around it. That's why coming to church, it's essential. Because if you don't come around kingdom people that have this lifestyle, then the influence of the kingdom of the world will keep you living the way you used to live. And you'll have people in your family reminding you of who you used to be because they don't understand who you've become. And I used to live that way, but there's a brand new way of life. Can you say amen? And this is what living in the kingdom is about. You are a citizen with authority. You have rulership. You have an inheritance. You have got heaven backing you up. You have a king that is a good father. 